What's up, gamers? This is Battle Mallet Podcast, episode 45, Hex Ed, playing with your gnarlwood. Uh, for anyone that isn't familiar, the Battle Mallet Podcast is the journey of three to four busy gamers uh, making their way to the Nova Open Convention, playing games that they love, and balancing life with those games. My name is Jared Johnson. Tonight, I am joined by Trey Side. I got no words for that title. I'm pretty sure it was your idea. What you talking about? <laughs> and Jason Table New Murray. I got a splinter. Oh, that's rough, bud. Put some salve on it or something, I guess. I don't Come know. Come rub this cream on my narrow wood. It'll it'll heal. <laughs> oh, good times. Anyway, so um we are super excited. So we released an episode earlier this morning uh, covering the major rules changes. So uh, thanks to all of the product reviewers who were able to kind of release all of the rules changes. Uh, and we were able to kick off of that and give our thoughts on the new rules changes. Um, if you haven't listened, go back and, and check that out. We're excited about the rules changes. In tonight's episode, we're going to do our standard rivals review for the two new warbands in Narwood, the Narl Spirit Pack and the Sons of Elmorn, and we're also going to cover the two new rivals decks, the uh, Daring Delvers and Tooth and Claw. There's not a lot to catch up on uh, as far as what we've been up to since we just released an episode this morning as of this recording. <laughs> uh, so instead, we have some big news that we teased uh, this morning uh, or on this morning's episode, and we are going to have a website so not just like the podcast website or just the blog website, but an actual website. Uh, I have been laboring for many, many minutes on building this fancy website. Um, and really, it just has three links. It'll have a link to the blog, a link to the podcast, and then a link to uh, our new Nemesis deck library. And so I do want to give credit where credit is due. Um, Jason was the one who really had this big idea um, to build this out. But we, we really... We're huge fans of the Nemesis format. We were huge fans of it when it was still called Rivals Plus. Um, you know, the idea that you build a deck from your Warbands cards plus one other source. It just makes playing the game easier. It's been successful um, in helping our local gaming community play a deeper Underworlds experience without having to get into the full deck building and buy a full season or full four seasons worth of cards. Um, and we're excited about it, So, but I, I do want to kick it over to Jason. So, Jason, you want to talk about what this library is going to include? Yeah, so thank you. Uh, thank you both for all the hard work that's gone into it, like doing 46 Warbands worth of deck building, although uh, limited is still a lot of work to be done. Um, so I uh, appreciate the efforts that have gone into it. And really, like – the essence of this podcast or the essence of hex ed has always been the new player to grow the community, to make sure that there is a resource for people to listen to, um, or look up to really support those new players or players that just want to get a little bit better. Right? So when we went to build these nemesis decks, we didn't go into the white dwarf. Like we wanted like ease of purchase. So we just built all our nemesis decks using tooth and claw, uh, daring delvers, and illusory bite and deadly depths and deadly, deadly depths yeah. yeah so and deadly depths maybe only once so <laughs> <laughs> there are some there are some good cards in deadly depths it just doesn't have an off, a lot to offer in the objective department so sure. you, your warband has to have really good objectives for that one to be worth using yeah it's got some good cards. ploys and upgrades but it's kind yeah. of hard on the upgrade front or the objective front yeah 
But anyway, that was the thought behind it. Again, thank you guys for putting in the time so we can at least get it out there. And for our listeners, like these are all, I don't want to say first run, like some of them we've, we've gone over and looked at, but it's just to get everyone started, right? Like if you're looking for a place to, Hey, I really want to play nemesis or I really want to tweak this rivals deck that I have. Um, it's just a resource to go and look and please share back. So get on our discords, get on our Facebook, send us messages. If you come up with a really, really cool deck for, I don't know, like Godsworn hunt, that's different than what we have. Share it. You know, uh, if it's really cool, we'll talk about it on the podcast. We'll definitely like update it, um, within the, the database. So there's an easy access for people to find stuff like that. So it's really like going forward. We hope to be kind of a community talking point when it comes to these nemesis decks. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. And uh, that's what it is. And Jared, thank you for putting together three links in a white page. Yeah, man, no problem. Easy peasy. Throw an image, three links. It's it's no problem. Many um, minutes. Yeah, many, many, many minutes of that. So it'll be, if you just go to www.battle-mallet.com, that'll be the landing page. If, if you're listening and you want to just type it in straight, it'll be battle-mallet.com slash nemesis-decks will be the website. So, But there'll be a link, link in the show notes. Uh, we'll link to it from our social channels as well. So wherever it is that you're following us, listening to us, um, you'll be able to find that. And then, yeah, as Jason said, if you come up with a, a good idea for another deck, we'll we'll add it. So you know, right now I, there will be one link per warband, but we can expand that. You know, it, I will I will take the minutes involved in adding another <laughs> link um, to the to the to the database to I'll the take website. The minutes and I'll add the link, and then you can take the hours to fix whatever. Yeah, I know, stuff. no, no. So Trace has <laughs> editor access to the website, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> That's and fair. That may or may not be on purpose. Um, so anyway, so, so we're excited about it and, and, you know, we hope that it helps everyone that listens, um, to engage with their local community, to, to build up their local community. I think there's a lot of buzz around Gnarlwood. Um, and for anyone that hasn't had the opportunity, uh, that doesn't know about Gorilla Miniatures Gaming, um, Ash, who's the host of that YouTube channel, put out a really good video about why he's excited about Gnarlwood. Um, he actually had the opportunity to speak with Dave Sanders, who's the designer of Warhammer Underworlds. Um, and so he talks about talking to Dave and coming up with like the questions that he had around Narwood and stuff. So uh, we'll link to that video in our show notes as well. Um, if you get a chance, um, he, he speaks pretty clearly, so you can crank it up to like 1.75 or 2.0 speed um, if you need to get through it quickly. But it's definitely worth a listen, in my opinion. So uh, and thanks again to Jason for sharing that video with us, um, in our, in our chat group. Um, so I think that's it. I don't think we need to cover anything else before we jump in. Right. Good. No, oh, man. All right, sweet. So, uh, we'll take a break. And when we come back, we will discuss the gnarl spirit pack and the sons of Elmorn. Welcome back. And we're going to start this off with a gnarl spirit pack. They have to be good because they have Gnarl right in their name, right? Like, right. This is, this is where they come from. This is their wood. They go get it. Um, I'm really excited about this Warband because it's almost like Godsworn Hunt 2.0. Like it feels very Godsworn Hunt X. Um, so they even have oaths within they their do. objectives, which I was a huge fan of when Godsworn Hunt had oaths, although... 
maybe not the most effective thing in God's War Hunt, but um, no, really, really cool Warband. The models are amazing. Um, you know, Dark Oath, almost Beastmen looking wonderful figures. Um, but they're a four fighter Warband, and there's a lot on these fighter cards. I feel like I say that a lot. Um, but this one, they have kind of the same feel as the vampires. So like Crimson Court where they, they can inspire and uninspire and back and forth again and their stats change and they get all kinds of cool abilities depending on what they have and what they don't have. So we're going to start with the, the spine hammer, the real big brawler, um, because his fighter card has struggle on it. And I think that that struggle is, is probably the most important fighter ability to understand the warband. But his base stats are move three, one block, four wounds. He's got the big hammer. Uh, it hits on two, or we roll two hammers for three damage, knock back one. Um, his inspire, just like the rest of the warband, is uh, it is the inspire step after you removed a spirit counter from this card. Well, the spirit counter is the most important thing. And he has it, and you get a spirit counter through struggle. So struggle is at the start of this fighter's activation, you can give this fighter one spirit counter or remove this fighter's spirit counter. So when they start the game, they have no spirit counters. They're just regular old Yumi's. And when you activate them, you can either give them a spirit counter or remove the spirit counter if they have one. And what the cool thing is about the spirit counter is it makes them this savage beast. It's like they're almost like in druid form, transforming into a big beast of the gnarl wood, and it gives them benefits. So for this fighter, um, he has overcome. While this fighter has one or more spirit counters, he gets plus one defense. He is a beast and cannot be inspired. So he goes to two block with two hammers, Three damage, knockback one. He is a beefy, beefy guy when you give him that wonderful spirit counter. On his inspired side, if you decide to remove that, so you'll remove the spirit counter at the start of the phase. So he wouldn't inspire right away, but he'll inspire at the end of the phase. He keeps all the same stat lines except his big hammer uh, gains knockback two and stagger. And then he has an ability called Beast Breaker. Friendly beasts within two hexes of this fighter can hold objectives. And you can reroll one dice in the defense roll for beasts. So he becomes a really cool support piece as well if he is inspired. That's cool. I lo- he, when he's got the spirit counter, and Trace mentioned this before, he's he's Oberyn from Steelheart's Champions. And Oberyn hits really hard. Yeah, it's good. I like him. And the model's amazing. Like a the model is really cool. He's got a big hammer. Yep. Um, the next fighter is one of the, the cooler looking models, um, Crimson Kara. So she's also a brawler. She's move four base. So instead of three, she's a little bit faster. One shield, three wounds. So, you know, not, not the full four, but three wounds is still respectable. She has a clawed axes, which is three fury, two damage. Then she also has Berserker Assault, which is range one, four dice on Fury for one damage, and then an ability called Unleash. Unleash is Grievous One and Scything if this fighter is a beast. 
So remember, if they, she has struggled, just like all the other fighters, so at the start of your activation, you can give her a spirit counter and she instantly gains the beast keyword. That's a pretty impressive attack. A scything attack with Grievous on four dice. Woo! But there's more. She also gains plus one move if she's a beast. Yeah. So she goes to five move instantly when she gets a spirit counter. Um, with a really, really accurate attack for one damage and hoping for that crit. Um, if you decide to remove the spirit counter and she'll inspire in the next inspire step, then the next turn she'd be move four, one shield, three health. Her clawed axes stay on three fury for two damage, but they gain cleave and grievous one. So, you know, not not too shabby a a grievous three damage fighter like it's pretty good on three dice pretty good then it's time for my favorite fighter of the war band just call him predator lupan long cut jagatha's uh spiritual successor yeah he is a hunter um he has moved for one dodge three wounds but he has a long cut spear, like three range, hitting on two hammers, one damage, and has the impact rule. Um, so the impact rule is plus one damage when this is made during a charge action. So there we go. I love it. It's one of my favorite things from previous um, warbands. But he also has an awesome silent knife, which is three, three fury for two damage. Uh, again, you can make give him the spirit counter struggles on the card um when he is um a beast while this fighter has one or more spirit counters plus one move so five move and counts double support as successes in his attack and defense roles he is he is a beast and cannot be inspired if you do decide to inspire him and i recommend you do this is the first fighter that i think it's significantly better when he's inspired he's move four two dodge three wounds um his spear goes to three uh three hammers still has the impact special rule his knife stays on three fury two damage and gains grievous one and then he gets an ability called beast guide this fighter supports each friendly beast so if he's inspired if he's on the board he's supporting anyone that's in beasts just pretty freaking awesome yeah that's really good it's quite supportive. I like yeah, it. It, it makes Goral's hammer hit on hit better, and Crimson Kira. I mean, yeah, it's the same. Yeah, it's just it's really really solid. Um, last but not least, if you can help me with this first name because I just can't <laughs> pronounce it. I just think it's Shakira. Sarakar. Sarakar, the Black Wing. Tim the Enchanter. Tim the Enchanter. <laughs> He is a level two wizard, so this is the leader of the group. Level two wizard, move four, two dodge, four wounds. So getting back to that little bit of beef with, you know, we all know how two dodge work out. He's got a wild staff, range two, two hammers, two damage. Uh, and then he does have a raptor bolt, which is really cool that he has an on, on card magic attack, which is range three on focus. Yes. On focus. Yep. Yep. Gotta rem- always got to remember. That's right? correct. One damage. Um, and then again, has the struggle 
keyword so you can make him a beast you can inspire him <laughs> same way as before if you do give him a a spirit counter uh while this fighter has one or more spirit counters he has plus two move is a beast is flying and cannot be inspired so he is getting he can attack anywhere he wants to attack yeah if he has a spirit counter uh if you choose to inspire him his his base stats stay the same four two dodge four wounds um, his staff gains one additional dice, so the staff's hitting on three hammers now. And then the raptor bolt goes to two damage and has cleave. Oh, so good. He is a, an extremely accurate leader. Uh, again, I think I would inspire him if I was if I was a betting man. So that, yeah. that's the four fighters. Again, a lot, lot there to digest. And really, you'll see as... As we talk about the cards, this warband has an ebb and flow. You have to understand when you want to just be a fighter, when you want to be an inspired fighter, and when you want to be a beast. Um, yeah. It's cool. Any additional thoughts there? No. I think you got it. And uh, yeah, I mean, the models just look incredible. I can't wait to get my hands on them. So, yeah, it's good. Cool. Well, then we'll roll right into objectives. So we have our standard format, pick, you know, kind of our three selected objectives that we want in our opening hand. If we had the best thing that we could pick, same with three gambits and three upgrades. Um, so we'll just start with objectives. Trace, what's the what's an objective you'd love to see in your opening hand? Savaged. Oh, you're savaged. Really want to see savaged. You want to be savaged? Is that what you said? I don't want to be savaged. Oh. But I would like to see savaged oh, okay. in my hand. Um, so savaged is surge, score this immediately after a friendly beast attack action that takes a target out of action. Uh, word on the street is, is it's pretty easy to make these people beasts, huh? Yes. And word on the street is, is that they can actually hit pretty hard, right? Yes. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, seems pretty good. I would agree with this uh, with this statement. the The card art for this one is cool too because it kind of shows what they look like in beast form. They have this kind of red pulsating energy that comes out of them. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that in their card art. So, yeah. um, Jared, what else? What other objectives would you like to see? So, so you mentioned the oaths, and I, th- I think, um, I think. You know, turn one, I think Oath of Fortitude is is probably a good bet. So this is a, a hybrid objective. You may reveal this card at the start of your first turn in a round. So um, turns being player turns within a round. Um, then return it to your hand. Score this in an end phase if there are three or more surviving friendly fighters. So two four-wound fighters, two three-wound fighters. It's not, I mean, that seems fairly straightforward in turn one or round one. Um, or there are one or more surviving friendly fighters and no friendly fighters were taken out of action in this round. So probably not going to be that one unless you're really cagey. Um, it's worth one glory, but if you revealed it, then it's you gain an additional glory. Um, so y- it could be worth two. And I, and I think what can't be undersold here is your ability to bait your opponent into trying to take you out. And then to keep you, you have from them exactly where you want them. Yep. Yeah, so you, they're going to try to keep you from scoring this, which could be fine because you end up taking out two or three of their fighters. So, um, yeah, and it just plays into that oath. This is one of four oaths 
in the warband as well. And they all allow you to score an additional glory if you reveal them at the start of your first turn. Yeah, which is key because you can't draw into them and reveal them. You have to have them right the first turn in the round to actually get the additional glory. Um, and there's cool. it's cool just to mention there's two surges and two end phases. We didn't see the oaths and surges before. Um, yeah. So to have two surges that could go up to two glory is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then the last objective that we want to talk about is true selves. Uh, this one I think is really easy to score. Like I had to read it like five times because I was like, I don't. <laughs> that can't be that easy, can it? <laughs> so it's uh, score this in the end phase of each surviving friendly fighter is either inspired or a beast. <sighs> So you're either I inspired mean, or beast. Yeah. You just have it's to activate almost, all four of your fighters in turn one. There you go. And give them all and make them all beasts. Them all give them beasts. all spirit counters and boom, you're done. Yep. Which is what you want to do anyway if you want to inspire them all. That's right. So you need to remove those. Um, so really, like we could be off to four glory real quick here with that oath. That's true. Which is a really good opening, and plus the kill that we'd have to get for Savage. So we're at we're at five glory. We're at five turn glory. One. Turn one's pretty. Ooh. It's a good. It's a good turn. It's it a is a good, good turn. turn. With the accuracy of these guys, I think we're I think we're we're cooking with something. So on to the ploys. Yep. Um, Gambit, Jared, what's the first ploy you're going to pick up? So speaking of accuracy, there's this card, Fierce Competition. So plus one dice to the first attack action made by a friendly fighter in the next activation. So that sounds pretty good. Yep. However, plus two dice instead if that fighter is supported by one or more friendly beasts and or inspired fighters. So, you know, got to be a little cagey, I think, in turn one to get that support by a beast or an inspired fighter. Well, you won't get it by an inspired fighter. It's very unlikely. Yeah. Not in turn one. But, um, you know, to get the support set up uh, by a friendly beast might be a little trickly, tricky. But plus one dice is always good. Yeah. Uh, especially when you've got people that have grievous nobody well, likes trickly narwood and lupin yeah once he's inspired right if you have this turn two then that's really good mm. very good yep very very good very pl- plus two dice is crazy um next one so the next one i'll just go is in control Play this only if there are one or more friendly fighters that are not beasts. Push each friendly beast up to one hex. So again, like in turn one, you can play this because if they don't have a spirit counter, that would be something that is not a beast. Mm-hmm. And everyone else that already activated, maybe you're trying to get them out of out of dodge, move them onto an objective, whatever it may be. Um, we we all know we love love pushes. Uh, and with the new rules, heck, maybe maybe everyone's got a charge token and you're just trying to get them into a, a better position. Of nah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. In yeah, control. no doubt. Yeah, I like that one, too. Um, Trace the last one. Uh, it is a vicious blow that we will deal to our enemies. And that is the card that I'm picking. A vicious blow. Um... <laughs> The first range one attack action made by a friendly fighter in the next activation has Grievous one or plus one damage instead if that fighter is a beast and 
one or more other surviving friendly fighters are not beasts. So as long as you like, just like the previous card, as long as you use this before you've activated all your people, if you are going to do so, um, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, plus plus damage and plus dice in this in this deck are pretty pretty yeah. prevalent. I mean, Goral is coming out of the gate hitting for four damage with this card. Yes, A one shot and fools. Yeah, it's pretty good. Get him, get him, big boy, get him. So on to the upgrades. That's the gambits, and you know there are some very very good ones there. Um, but the upgrades, we don't um. We don't stop with just the ploys. I think the upgrades are just as great. And, I, and I, I'll go first. Uh, mine is Willie Hunter. Wiley Hunter. Wiley Hunter. Who's Willie? Willie. One-eyed Willie. This is the Goonies card. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to call it that all the time. So oh. Wiley Hunter... Is an upgrade reaction after this fighter's activation. If this fighter made one or more attack actions, push this fighter one hex. This is like all the other push after an attack action yep. cards that we've seen. This a lot really allows you to maximize your attack actions. Um, the fact that your leader has a range two two attack action, a range three magic attack action. Um, he can he can move around. Um, quite easily with this card yeah it's it's good trace what's the next one uh trophy of strength i like damage cards trophy just saying trophy of strength uh plus one damage to this fighter's range one or range two attack actions straight up yep it's a really good thing great strength however there's more Reaction. After this fighter's attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action, this, if this card is in your hand, give this upgrade to that friendly fighter. It does not cost any glory points. So if you're doing what this warband wants to do, you get a free upgrade. So Seems worth it. It's really good. Yeah. An easy upgrade without spending any glory. I'll take it. Yeah. Jared, bring us home. What's the, the third upgrade? Yeah, so the so the last one I think we want to see early is Preternatural Senses. Uh, so you can reroll one dice in this fighter's defense rolls. Uh, I mean, that's going to be good on Sarkar on an Inspired Lupan or on a Beast Mode Goral um, because they're two defense dice. Um, but this card also says, and this fighter ignores the rules for cover hexes while making an attack action. So if you've had somebody, your opponent has said, well, I'm going to try to up my defense despite the stagger or there's already a cover hex on my board or whatever. Um, just kidding. Right. <laughs> so no, no double supports on defense for you. Um, and then if they did delve to turn an objective into a cover hex, now they're staggered and they don't get the <laughs> defense bonus. So good job. Good job. It's, big. it's really the re- reroll defense dice is well worth it, right? Yeah, I think so. Good. So, keeping with that theme, Jared, what board, what type of board? Are you for? Yeah. So uh, you want four hexes as close as possible to enemy territory. I mean, this is all this warband is all aggro all day. Um, I think Goral probably goes up front. Um, you you know, put just Zarkar to, up there too. Yeah, just, just to soak wounds, some wounds. Two dodge. Uh, um, you know, Lupin's going to be able to hit from afar, but. 
yeah. I mean, you just want to get in their face, do some damage, um, and uh, yeah, go savage beast mode. Right. One, yep. thing that, one thing we didn't mention in this the upgrade deck, too, is not only do they have plus one damage, but they have plus one wound. So they're, mm-hmm. they're one, like, kind of... Oh, yeah. They have those two three-wound fighters. Well, they could be four. So That's true. Yeah, they do have a plus one wound card. Yep. And you mentioned it. The play style is aggro, and I think we're all agreeance there. Um, but I'm going to sit down because, you know, this, this is probably going to be one of my more played warbands here going forward. So Trace, if I'm across the table from you, how are you gonna how are you gonna dismantle this warband? Like what are you doing to counter me? Running away. <laughs> not kidding. Um no, it's I I think the biggest thing is that you wanna try uh to watch future tokens in your territory and try and keep them uh try and keep them in their territory if possible. Um and taking out Lopan early, uh, trying to get rid of him is, is big because he's got a big threat range and can do a lot of damage and has a lot of utility to the warband if he's inspired. So just trying to get rid of him to get rid of those supports and stuff is big. Yep. Yeah. If you take him out, I'll be mad. I'll be upset. Love that guy. I know. It's you're Target gonna be, numero uno. You're going to be <laughs> as mad when we kill him as you are when we kill Jagathra. That's right. Uh, you did bring up a really good point, though. Like, try to keep from playing in your territory, right? So the the gnarl spirit wants to be very aggro and play in enemy territory. So if you give them a reason to stay in their own territory, you'll slow down some of their cards, some of their scoring, some of their ploys. Like they they have to be in enemy territory for that stuff to kind of synergize. So if you have the opportunity to run across in play in in the gnarl spirit um territory do that so with all that said what are we giving this warband as a new player rating i like gold yeah i think it's got to be gold i think i think the the fighter stat cards are good like the fighter cards are good and then the play style is just straightforward so it and the deck i think the deck functions so with all of that together yeah, I mean, there's the straightforward nature of it. Like, you know exactly what this warband wants to do. It wants to just get in somebody's territory and smash them. It's yeah. not not complicated. There's not a lot of tricks. The only tricks that I would find that would even remotely push this close to silver is the maintenance and trying to figure out when you pull that spirit counter off to inspire somebody or when you want to keep the spirit counter on or leave it off completely. So that's... That's the nuance there. So if somebody can take this deck and really master that piece, it'll be really good for, for people. Yeah. Awesome. And then if we are going to tweak it up a little bit, talking about our, my favorite format, Nemesis, what deck do you think we're going to build with at the, the current Tooth and Claw all the way. Yeah. Really? No? There's so much in there for beasts. Like, and At least half of your fighters are going to be beasts. With his warband, so there's a lot of just straight damage in Tooth and Claw, and, and, and if I, you take Kira with her four dice and Grievous and Scything and Scything, and give her a card that allows her to get just straight plus two damage, yeah, or multiple plus one, yeah. If she can do three damage plus Grievous, 
in a scything attack, she could go in and just wreck face. Murder people. She's yep. a murder hobo. She is. <laughs> I'm I'm excited about it because, you know, I, I like dual wielding. Miniatures. You do like dual wielding miniatures. Yeah, that's very it's, cool. I mean, she's. To, be, to not be tongue in cheek, she's savage. Like, yeah, <laughs> she is a savage. Yeah. Those biting axes. Yes. Clawed axes. It's really good. This is scary. Yep. You know, the other thing, too, that is really nice with this being a new season, a new box, and another Rivals deck for us to go through is these decks are really starting to get more and more refined. So this one, like, there are still some cards in here that you're like, hmm, okay, like, it works in the Rivals deck, right? Um, but uh, this Warband is going to flow and play just exactly the way it was designed, which is really cool. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at it like a Nemesis format tournament or event, don't be afraid just to take their, just this Rivals deck. deck. Yeah. It'll, it'll perform very well into, like, Nemesis decks. Yeah. I think so. Well, good. That's it for this wonderful Gnarl Spirit Rival deck review. <laughs> I don't know why you got all robotic right there, Jason. That was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Doesn't it doesn't. Well, how about I, how about I take the mic from you and okay, uh, so. and we'll talk about the Sons of Elmorn. How's that work? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So Sons of Elmorn. This is the other warband in the Gnarlwood pack. Um, their lore is pretty cool. Uh, they were humans a long time ago, and they were, you know, settled. They settled their kingdom, and they were defending their kingdom in the Narwood. And then they died, and they're like under Nagash's power, and they're still fighting to keep things out of the Narwood, but they're dead. Um, so you have the king, the three of his uh, legitimate children, legitimate sons, and then one of his illegitimate sons uh, that make up this warband. So it's a five-fighter warband. Um, King Morlack Velmorn is three move, one block, four wounds. He has a range one, two smash, two damage attack with Grievous One. And the Grievous One is going to be a theme here um, because the um, Inspire condition is an attack action results in a critical hit if this fighter was the attacker or supported by the attacker. So, or supported the attacker. So, uh, if there's a critical hit made by a fighter or they were supporting someone that made a critical hit, then they inspire. Um, and King Velmorn has a reaction on his card. It is deadly command. After this fighter's activation, give this fighter one command counter. While this fighter has one or more command ca- counters, it is supporting each friendly grave guard. Uh, and so there his, are his three legitimate sons. Uh, clear those counters at the end of the action phase. So as long as either King Velmorn makes a critical hit or any of his legitimate children make a critical hit, uh, after he has a command counter, then he will inspire. So um, let's run through the grave card real quick. Uh, they have the same basic stat line. Um, so they're all three move, one block, three wounds. Uh, same inspire condition. You don't want to go through what he gets when he inspires. Oh, that's a good call. <laughs> that's fine. All right. So when he inspires, um, he goes to two block and his... Uh, attack goes to three damage. So range one, two smash, three damage. It maintains the grievous. Yeah. So maintains the grievous. That's yeah. big. So we could go to four. Yep. All right. Good call. Feels like it's been a minute. All right. So now to the uh, the his sons. So we have 
Uh, Thane, fourth and last. Um, so after the three move, one block, three health. Um, he has a great white blade. Uh, so this is range one, two fury, two damage with uh, a trip on crit, and trip is uh, to stagger the target. Um, and he also has the sibling rivalry reaction after the final power step of the round, inspire one friendly fighter that has this ability. So he and the next two fighters, the, the two other Grave Guard, have this ability. Um, and so that two fury seems not so great in the beginning, but if King Velmorn activates first, then he has a command counter and he counts as supporting. Um, so now that two fury attack is a two smash attack, which is a lot better. Um, when he inspires, uh, his great white blade goes to three fury, still two damage with the crit, uh, with the trip on crit. Uh, but he also gains a scything attack. Uh, so three fury for one damage with grievous one. Um, so he can either hit you pretty hard, uh, by himself or come in and do a sweep attack. Um, so the next two fighters are Helmar the Hewer. So he's the guy with the axe and Marshall Falk Velmorn. Uh, so he's the guy with the sword and the shield. Both of their attacks are range one, two fury, one damage with Grievous one. Um, so there's the potential for two damage. And again, the two fury doesn't seem that great from the beginning, but with King Velmorn's ability to support them, uh, it gets a lot better. They both have the sibling rivalry reaction, so you could inspire any one of them at the in the last power step of the round. Uh, and then when they inspire, they both go from uh, range uh, from two fury to three fury. Helmar with the axe uh, gains cleave, and he gains the shield up ability on a crit. Uh, so if he has a critical hit, you can give this fighter one guard token. Uh, and then uh, Marshall Falk, when he is inspired. Goes to three fury as well. Um, he does not have cleave, but he does gain the shield up ability on a crit as well. So um, we talked about this, you know, kind of in the pre-show, but I think it's very important to note that the three griblies uh, in this death war band are all three wounds each, which I, I think is important. I think it's a big deal, and I think it makes them a little stickier than uh, they would normally be uh, in a five fighter death war band um and so last and probably least in the eyes of king velmorn but definitely not least when it comes to his stat blocks is sir jedrin the falseborn so he has move three one block five wounds uh and his great tomb blade is range one two fury three damage um unfortunately he does not get the supports from his father uh when his father has a command counter but uh, i think I have been the victim of a Widow Katha attack on more than one occasion. And I think both Trace and Jason have been the victim of a Gristle Well or uninspired Art Skull attack on more than one occasion. So, you know, Two Fury doesn't seem great, but like, you know, when it hits for three damage, it still hits for three damage. Yeah. Um, and then when he inspires, uh, he goes from Two Fury to Two Smash. Uh, and he also gains the Slayer rule. Um, so you can reroll one dice in the attack rolls of this fighter's attack actions that target a large fighter. And he also gains Sleepless Sentinel. Uh, so while this fighter is adjacent to a friendly fighter, this fighter supports that fighter. So they don't have to be adjacent to the attacker. Uh, they simply have to be adjacent to the target um, or to the fighter when it is an attack action. So he, between a command counter and Sir Jedrin inspired, uh, your grave guard could be getting two supports on their attacks. So, um, yeah. So um, I think a, a little bit less going on 
uh, on these fighter cards, but I, I think there's still, you know, there's some st- there's some nuance here and some flavor uh, beyond just, you know, like five beady dudes. Listen, the Falseborn is a huge model. Like yeah, he's models. yeah he's so big. He's on like a the forty mil base, so he's on the same base as like your um, Stormcast Eternals and and uh, yeah. I kind of like the the visual that you kind of get from the way that these cards read. You're almost like a little phalanx moving forward, and the commanders in the back, right? So yeah. You've got the three, got the three Grave Guard in the front, and you've got you know Falseborn in the middle, like just kind of hanging out with them, and then in the rear with the gear is yeah. Belmorn, at least yeah. not too far behind, but behind yeah. the lines. And if we can get, it's cool. Yeah, that's good. So, um, so with the fighters out of the way, uh, I think it's time that we talk about some objectives. So, uh, again, as usual, these are the objectives that you want in your opening hand. If you can get them, Jason, what do we want first? Relentless unity. Speaking of the phalanx, (laughs) I'm just saying. Surge hybrid. Score this immediately after an attack action. The targeted, the target is supported friendly fighter and failed. Ooh, I like that. Or that was made by a supported friendly fighter and succeeded. So again, if you're getting that, your leader Velmorn with the command action um, can really go off if you make a an attack action that was supported and succeeded. Um, or if you got them all set up and they're protecting each other and your enemy comes in and fails an attack action, give me that glory. Now it's like a double whammy. You failed your attack and I get a glory. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty good. That's the ideal scenario for that card. I think. Um, yeah. All right. Trace, what else do we want? Uh, I like clinical efficiency surge hybrid score. This in immediately after a friendly fighters attack action that took a target out of action. If, that attack action dealt precisely enough damage to take the target out of action, or that attack action resulted in a critical hit. Yeah, that's good. You've got, you've got a nice range of damage characteristics in this warband, so this can be achieved fairly easily. Um, you know, you've got Vilmorn with his two smash just right out of the out of the gate. He can wall up a small fighter if he needs to. Falseborn has his three da- three damage attack that can precisely kill two of the fighters in the faction that's in the box with these guys, uh, just off the you know just off the cuff. Yep. Then the grave guard can like plink off one one point of damage because this is precise use of force with an additional way to score it. Yeah. For those yeah. who are veteran players, precise use of force is exactly the the first condition. The attack dealt precisely enough damage to take the target out of action. Yep. It doesn't say that they have to like one shot them. It just means if it needed one damage to take them out, you take them out. Yeah. And then you score this card. It's very yeah. good. It was very good then. It's very good now with a bonus. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that I like about this is uh, I recall scenarios when I was playing, uh, you know, back when precise use of force was a card and I would have like fighters ferocity on the fighter and I would roll that crit when I didn't need it. And I would fail to score precise use of force, even though I took the fighter out of action because I did two damage when I needed to do one or I did three damage when I needed to do two. Well, this negates that. So like Correct. if your crit takes you one damage over, 
you still succeed. Um, or like if, uh, you know, they've got like, you know, you're going to, you crit and you do like four damage or something crazy. Um, yeah. and they only had two wounds. Well, great. You still succeed with this card. So that's a great, I card. think it's good. Like yeah. It. So, and then I think the, the last one that you want is an in phase. This is hereditary claims, uh, dual score this in in phase. If your warband holds two or more objectives and one or more of those objectives is not in your territory. So that doesn't mean that it has to be an enemy territory. It could be in, uh, no man's land as well. Um, so this gives you kind of some passive scoring and, uh, you know, the ability to, um, to, to ramp up in the, in the in phase, um, to get those upgrades on going into the next round. Um, and and fairly easy to set up as well. Uh, so, uh, so objectives out of the way. That'll bring us to the gambits. Uh, and I think that the first one that we want to see is Imperious Will. Give your leader one command counter and one guard token. So now you don't even have to activate Velmorn in order to get that command counter to pass those supports around. Um, you can just have him supporting people from the get-go um or supporting people before he activates um you maybe you don't want to activate him first um so that takes care of that one uh, what else do we want jason spike of terror oh, this card is so cool <laughs> so choose one enemy fighter within two hexes of one or more friendly fighters that fighters player picks two you push the chosen fighter one hex or you stagger the chosen fighter or you give the chosen fighter one move token. Either way, it's not going good for you. Yeah. Like you're either getting mm-hmm. sucked in, most likely, I'm staggering you, or I'm giving you a move token and I'm staggering you. Yeah. Or um, yeah, it's just like the fact that we get to do two things is really cool. Yeah. And I think that so, you know, with the, with Gnarlwood, if you have a move token, you can still make a move action, but you can't charge. And yeah. so you could prevent somebody from charging back, charging into your back lines. Yep. Um, you know, anything like that. So you're, you're definitely going to be giving uh, your opponents some choices. Um, yeah. It's good. So it's, it is good. Uh, and then... Uh, it's real good. What's the last one we wanna, we're want we hoping for in that turn one, Trace? Uh, so one of the things that we've kind of noted about these fighters is that their accuracy is not all that great, Right. Right. So to kind of insulate against that a little bit, you want redoubled fervor. Reaction, play this after a friendly grave guards at a failed attack action. When you do, you can remove one um, command counter from your leader. That grave guard makes one attack action. If you remove the command counter, one dice, plus one dice to that attack action until it has been resolved. So you can remove yep. a a command counter is the key here. You always get to do the attack action if you fail. Right. If you remove the command counter, you get plus one dice. Yeah. Solid. Really yeah. good. Especially, like, imagine if it's your last attack in the round. Yes. Yeah. You're like, okay, well, I don't need the supports for the, my other fighters, so let's make that attack again with three dice. Yep. So it does negate kind of the inspire condition, right? Like, King Belmorn isn't going to count as supporting you if you do crit on the damage, but that may not matter as much as actually taking the fighter out. So, Well, I mean, but think about it this way, right? If you have your perfect hand, like we just talked about, you've got the one where you get the Imperious Will. You've already got a command counter. That's true. You, you know, you could have two. 
doesn't say you're capped at one. Ah, that's, yeah, that's fair. So you can burn one to do this on three and still get supports. Nice. So it's very good. Synergy. Synergy. I like it. It's like it's like they it's like they planned this to work together. It is like they planned it to work together. All right. So that's the uh, so that's the gambits. Let's kick it over to upgrades and uh, Jason, kick us off. Oh, I don't know. I guess I'll go with Proud Son. You can reroll one attack dice in the attack rolls for the fighter's range one attack actions. Restricted to Grave Guard. I got three to pick from. Yep. And rerolls are always good, especially when I'm fishing for crits. That's right. Yes. That's right. So I think the next one that we want to talk about, I mean, you got to talk about the plus one damage upgrade. So heirloom weapon, plus one damage to this fighter's range one and range two attack actions. Uh, it is restricted to grave guard. Um, so, but I mean, now that there's that chance for that grave guard to spike to three damage, um, you know, it gets even better when they're inspired. So, uh, yeah, it seems pretty good. So trace. So, I like this card for a lot of reasons, just because it's very thematic with how this warband is, I think, meant to be played, which is to draw you in and then hit you hard. Um, and the card that I have chosen is Fell Enchantments. Reaction. After an enemy fighter's failed attack action that targeted his fighter, give the fighter give the attacker one curse counter. While the, while the fighter has one or more curse counters, that fighter is minus one defense to a minimum of one, and minus one dice from that fighter's attack actions to a minimum of one. Clear all curse counters at the end of the phase. So you can, if somebody charges you and fails, you have this reaction to play, and now you hit them a lot easier if they have a multiple, if they have multiple defense dice. Yep. Um, and you're making it even harder. So if there's with the charge with the charge actions and being able to activate again with a charge counter, if they do get sassy and want to try and hit you again, as long as they've got everybody else activated, now they're doing it at minus one dice. Yeah. So it's 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 solid. I mean, it's it's not the most versatile card, but it's in the situation that you need it. It's very good. Yeah. And it might be enough to dissuade. Somebody from trying to like plink into a fighter. Yeah. Right. Like, yep. if, you know, trying to th- throw a less accurate attack to try to plink into them. It may make them choose a different target or something. So I think it and could be not, good. It's not graveguard restricted either. So you could give yep. this to Big Boy and be yep. like, okay, come at me, bro. Like, yeah. it works really well on him, I think. Yeah. He's fitting that he's actually on the card. So that's true. Yeah. It makes sense. I like it. All right, so uh, objectives, gambits, and upgrades out of the way. Uh, what do we want for boards, Jason? Yeah, given the fact that they have three move, you're going to want to pick something that you can deploy like kind of mid-center of your board. Um, they are an aggro-stylish um, warband, so you, you want to be able to keep them kind of supporting each other and close, but not so close that you're just getting bopped at the front right like you don't want right. to spread out where they can't overlap each other with their three move yeah 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 
And that's I think that's a good point. That leads right into their play style. So, I mean, a lot of their stuff requires you to have successful attack actions or take fighters out of action. Um, and uh, so I think they're an aggro play style, but they are more receptive aggro than the Gnarl Spirit. So um, I think it's a, it's an attack back style aggro. So where you bait with something. They're counterpunch. Yeah. And then and then you swarm whatever comes in. Um you know, try to stack those supports. Try to stack that accuracy where you can. Um, and then, I mean, I'll, I mean, ultimately, especially when they're not inspired, you're you're largely going to be whittling them down. Um, yeah. You know, with a lot of one and two damage attacks. Um, <clears throat> so, I don't know. I like these these guys. I think. I don't know. I don't know how good they're going to be. I, I want to think they're going to be good. Um, I'm going to try them for a little while. So. If I'm doing that, Jason, what's your what's your what's your counterpunch to my counterpunch plan? I mean, I'm gonna try to take down your leader. Yeah, like, that's pretty pretty uh, standard when you're going against any warband. But specifically with this this uh, warband in particular, is if I take down your leader, there's some res cards that can really make this warband kind of shine. I, I think that when you first start playing playing against them or playing with them, people are going to think that your leader and Falseborn are going to do a lot of the heavy lifting. And it really comes down to the Graveguard and getting one Graveguard kind of souped up. And if your leader's still alive, that Graveguard will be able to be brought back and do more and more work. Because remember, you don't uninspire when you go out of action, right? Right. So, um, and then the other thing I'm going to do is I'm really going to try to hinder you with the three move. Like I'm going to try to spread you wide and attack both sides of the board. So right. You can't gain those additional attacks, especially supported attacks. Cause good Lord, you get through a critical hit on a supported attack. You're inspiring two fighters and that's not a, it's not fun for me. No, nope. It's not or, or more depending or on more. Yeah. 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 yeah, like if Belmorn's got a command counter and then you've got another support coming in, like you could inspire three fighters off of one critical hit. So it could be really good. And then you're guaranteed to inspire one of the brothers at the end of the round. Mm-hmm. So, all right. New player rating, Trace. What do we think? It's silver. Yeah. Um, it's got potential. But it's going to take you a while. It's going to take you some reps to get there, I think. And they're yeah. very dice dependent. There's a lot of ways to to try and insulate for the dice, but they are still a dice dependent warband just by the nature of their inspire condition. Um, and they become, I'm not going to say like significantly better, but they they want to inspire. Yes. Um. Yeah, I think I think that's the nuts and bolts of it. The bones yeah. of it, if you will. Ooh. Yeah. I oh. I like it. All right. And then uh, I think from a nemesis standpoint, you know, we're talking about critical hits, we're talking about support. You, you want more dice than what they have on their fighter cards. And I, I think the best choice for that right now is illusory might. There are so many three dice cards in that deck um, that give you the opportunity to inspire if the attacker, if not multiple fighters. Um Plus some of the other objectives in there are kind of helpful as far as you know holding feature token, being on feature tokens, near okay. feature tokens. Uh, you got a good wound spread, so you know you could hold three, four, or five um, for 
for where it matters. Um, I mean, just the spear alone is good. Yeah. In this warband. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you got the darts, which are three dice. You got the fists, which yeah. are three dice. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Just anything that gives you the chance to have some range so that yeah. you can have somebody that's not immediately in 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 base to base with somebody else that can make attacks and still get supports. It's lots of opportunities to do that too. Yep. Oh, I like it. Cool. Um so yeah, well that'll that wraps up the warbands from Gnarlwood. So uh we'll take a break and when we come back we'll cover the new arrivals decks from the Gnarlwood box. And we are back. So with this box, you now get these two uh, Rivals decks in addition to the two um, Rivals decks with Warbands. So this is the first box that's like this um, in in line with the Nemesis format and just continuing to have these available Rivals decks. So we're going to go through these now. The first of them is a deck called Daring Delvers. And this introduces a new thing with these particular rivals decks called a plot card. Um, the plot card has like unique conditions to help you score the different objectives and stuff like that in these decks. So this plot card says, if you include one or more plot cards in your decks that bear the Daring Delver symbol, show this card to your opponent in the Reveal Your Warband step. And use the rules and use these rules in the game. Your exploration count starts at zero. Increase your exploration count by one. When you place a feature token during the round, at the end of the action phase, for each friendly fighter that is on a feature token that is not in your territory, at the end of the action phase, for each surviving friendly explorer that is not in your territory, and then also you can you decrease your exploration count by one to a minimum of zero. At the end of the round, for each enemy fighter that is on a feature token that is in your territory. So what you're getting from this is that you want to be in enemy territory with your fighters. You want to be on objectives with your fighters. You want you you want to have explorer upgrades on your fighters to get your count up. And that's how you score a lot of these cards in this deck. So with that. Let's kick it off with Sir Jason's favorite of these particular uh, objectives to score, which is what, Jason? Uh, Brave the Root Maze. And I totally didn't have the deck pulled up because I am a ninny. Um, Wow. It's bad. I'll read it and you can talk about it. I got it. Okay, you got it. Surge. Score this. Immediately after an activation, if three or more friendly fighters are each in a cover hex, lethal hex, or a feature token, for one glory. We've seen these before. Um, Three fighters standing on a feature token is not that difficult to do. It is only for one glory, but the nice thing is is all the other hexes count. So you could be in a cover hex, it could be in a lethal hex, or it could be on a feature token that's either one of those, right? So... um, I really, really like that card. I think it's fitting, especially with a lot of the warbands that you want to play with this deck. It's an easy include. Yeah. And the fact I, that there are cards in this deck that allow you to place available feature tokens. Yes. 
so you can get more feature tokens on the board than there are when they started, or if somebody blows them up and removes them, you can put them back. Yep, it's really I like good. it. Uh, so this this card is sneaky good, <laughs> and it's called Stealthy Advance. Uh, Surge, duel, score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action if that fighter was in a cover hex or a lethal hex or on a feature token when it made that attack action, and that fighter was not in your territory when it made that attack action. So we just read our plot card. These are all things you want to do anyway. Yep. So, and then the fact that you don't have to succeed with the attack action, and it just has to be, it's just positional. As long as you make, you get to control that. Things that you can control in this game, 100%, are great. So, this is super easy. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Um, Jared, what's your favorite? Yeah, so I like Cautious Venture. Um, so this is a dual score this in an end phase. If two or more surviving friendly fighters are in enemy territory, you want to be doing that anyway, and your exploration count is three or more, it's in the end phase, so it's after the action phase. If you have uh, two or more surviving friendly fighters in enemy territory and both of them are explorers, well, that's two on your explorer count. Um, if they're, or if they're on feature tokens in enemy territory that's two on your explorer account so you just need one more um and it's for two glory so yeah that's pretty good in phase solid should be fairly easy to set up turn one yeah it's it's like i said it's it's fairly easy to control um you know you just have to either bide your time and get in there a little later or you know have some sticky fighters that can get in there and actually survive a couple hits early um so we'll move on to gambits um jared why don't you tell us your your favorite to start since you are on a roll yeah so i like them quick roots yeah uh about them quick roots yeah so this is a trap card reaction play this after an enemy fighter's activation if that fighter has one or more move and or charge tokens deal one damage to that fighter that seems good good one that seems really good also it's got my lady on it she's trapped Yothari is, I think, trapped. I don't think she's doing the trapping, unfortunately. She's definitely getting wounded so she can heal to inspire. There we go. That's it. Perfect. It's all <laughs> part of the plan. All just as Zinch is pleased. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just playing damage is nice, and the fact that it's after an enemy fighter's activation, like you don't have to. There's no range restriction. Oh, you moved or charged? It, take a damage. Yeah, it's an effortless ploy. Like. Yeah. It's so good. It's really, really good. And it can set you up to pick off a fighter, or it can take out a fighter who's got one wound remaining or whatever. It's really good. Jason, how about you? What you like? I'm going to go with significant find, and only because, you you know, Jared talked about his objective needing to be an exploration count of three. This card is super easy to help you get something. So... It is pick one, place one available feature token in an empty hex, uh, two or more hexes from each fighter, or increase your exploration count by one if one or more surviving friendly explorers are not in your territory. You're going to do this, so it doesn't say anything about placing a feature token on an edge hex, so you can put it there. It just has to be two hexes away from a fighter, and as soon as you do that, you automatically are going to score or add one to your exploration count at the end of the turn. So given the way that this deck works, you need this 
um, to increase that count. So I like it. Yeah, it's a good one. And to continue with that theme of cards that you need to try and get your exploration count and score the objectives in this deck, uh, I like Temporary Haven. Pick one. Place one available feature token in a hex occupied by a friendly fighter not in your territory, or increase your exploration count by one if one or more friendly fighters are each on a feature token not in your territory. Again, all things you're going to want to do, you're going to place a feature token, you want to increase your exploration count if you've got somebody that's already on one. It's, I mean... These are all things you want to do. Um, right, two just for cards. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So upgrades, 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 upgrades. Uh, I'll go first on this one because I think this one's just really good. Um, and that is Dowsing Limb. Um, this fighter is an explorer. Reaction. After this fighter's activation, scatter two from this fighter's hex and push this fighter up to two hexes along the chain. It says nothing about an attack. It says nothing about anything like that. This is straight up a... I'm not going to say a better, but this is on par with Duelist Speed, which broke a lot of the game before. (laughs) Um, Very, very good. Um, being able to position yourself, even if it is random, you don't have to move them. And it's a reaction you can just take. So, and with the reaction windows being what they are now, you are always going to have the option to do this. Super good. I don't know if you can follow that one because it's so good. Jared, (laughs) what do you think is the best one after this one? Yeah, so... I like Gifted Sight. Um, so this is, uh, it has the mutation keyword, so that may come into play later. Uh, we don't know. Uh, this fighter is an explorer, right? You want fighters that are explorers anyway. Um, blocked hexes do not block line of sight for this fighter. Uh, so that's nice. And then reaction after this friendly fighter's attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action. If this card is in your hand, give this upgrade to that friendly fighter. This does not cost any glory points. So you already get to ignore um, blocked hexes. Um you're already an explorer, but if you take somebody out of action, uh, then you get to put this on for free. Um, so, you know, it's it's doing what the deck wants to do. And then I think that there are a lot of things about this deck that lend itself towards ranged fighters anyway. And then if you can now get around blocked hexes um, and still be able to attack, I think it's just all the better. Some good stuff. Yeah, I agree. Give me that explorer. Yep. Yeah. Jason, what do you think? I think I'm going to plunder some knowledge. That's, that's fair. What I think I'm going to do. Yeah, I really like fair. this card. I think this card is uh, one of the best in the deck. So it is an upgrade reaction after this fighter's activation, in which its attack action took an adjacent target out of action. Pick one. Increase your exploration count by two Oof. or draw two power cards. It's, I mean, it's like really good choice i get two additional power cards or i can go up by two yeah yeah yep um this card leans into the more aggro part of this deck this deck is not strictly just like hold objectives this deck is 
got some nice little nuggets like this for those aggro warbands that may want to use it. Um, drawing card draw is always good. Yeah. So the fact that you can take a target out of action and then you have a choice of, you know, there's cards in this deck that require your um, exploration count to be a certain number. Uh, one of those is three glory just for having 10 exploration points. And it's a surge. And it's a surge. So, like, <laughs> if you're at two and you kill a fighter, and then you just like, okay, I'm going to increase my exploration count by two, and now you basically scored four glory off of one kill, which is nuts. Um, yeah. That's not going to happen all that often, but I think uh, this card really helps to to get into that, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, boards. Jared, what do you think about boards? Yeah, so I think the nature of this deck really means that you get a lot of flexibility in the boards that you choose. So you're probably going to lend yourself towards whatever it is that the warband you're using wants. So if you're playing a more kind of passive or reactive warband, then you could pick a board that has hexes in the midline. If you're playing more aggressive, then you could pick a board that has uh, things up front. One thing that... Um, you do want to note is that if you pick cards that have like cover hexes and and you know uh then that's going to help um you know as you're trying to be on specific types of hexes um you do want to edge towards enemy territory because a lot of your objectives require you to be in enemy territory and the the exploration count requires that um and then as far as boards and feature token placement goes uh, you want to place or force as many feature tokens into enemy territory and no man's land as you can. And then anything that ends up in your territory, you want it to be hard for your opponent to get to, or like right on the line so that you can get them off of it. Yep. 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 Um, so what are we thinking for play style with this, Jason? Yeah. I think Jerry kind of hit a little bit. It's really a flex deck and it's flex into enemy territory. So again, it's going to be kind of dictated a lot by the warband that you choose to play with this or that you choose to build with this. Um, but in the end, you're, the nice design, what I really, really like about the deck is the design is is you can't just sit back in your territory. Like You have to get into yeah. your enemy territory to kind of get everything out of the deck. So it is, um, it is flex into enemy territory. Yeah, yep, I agree. Um, so for new player rating, I think it's a silver, um, cause the deck does function well within what the plot card wants you to do. Um, but it's another thing, it's another bean to keep track of for a newer player. So it's a little harder as somebody who's just jumping into the game, you may not want to jump into this deck first with one of the warbands that's in the box because it they it requires a level of accounting too um which can be a little bit much when you're just trying to learn the game so yeah i think it's a silver um so let's talk about something that we this is kind of new too like we've done in some of the other rivals decks that have just been raw what warbands do we think are good with this deck 
So I think immediately of the Far Striders. So with the push to be in enemy territory or and on feature tokens in enemy territory and have explorers in enemy territory. I mean, Far Striders want to be there anyway, and it, this gives them a full rivals deck to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a lot of good tools on their fighter cards anyway. Um, you know, for reasonable attacks, good stat lines. Um, and then doing what this deck wants to do, getting them inspired makes them all the better. So, that I mean, that's my first thought. Never mind the fact that I played with Far Striders for a long time. Uh, I I see your Stormcast Warband, and I raise you another one, and that is Stormsire's Cursebreakers, because I feel like they play really well with these cards, um, just because they're they're tough. They're not they don't go to two they don't go to two dot two shields on their inspired side except for Stormsire. Yeah, but they have some. They have four wounds each, and with some of the ranged upgrades that are in this deck too, you can have two potential turrets just kind of in enemy territory just plinking away at people while they're sitting on objectives or feature tokens or cover axes or whatever yeah so I, I like that one a lot um jason do you have a pick for these what you think might work well i think i mean i think there's a number of war bands that will work well with it i think the deck is really well constructed from mm-hmm objectives through what the upgrades and gamuts are supporting those objectives to do um i really like it because it has a lot of plank damage so yeah it does um you know one one more band that i wouldn't say like i would fully replace the rivals deck but one that i really like like to build a nemesis would be dread pageant with this um i think dread pageant already want to sit on objectives as it is um given their own deck and yeah. the fact that I can do this kind of accentuate and amplify that through this deck is really cool. Plus with the plank damage, um, there's just a lot of little nuance in here. But I think those two decks pair really well together. Yeah. And you, so you brought up Nemesis and I'm going to drop this one. It's another three fighter war band that I played for a long time. Speaking of plank damage and being on objectives in enemy territory i think this is great for worm spat too and really gives them an honest chance to play um you know in the nemesis format where their rivals deck their warband specific cards just don't give them a lot of mm-hmm. love um it's just not a modern deck but if you pair it with this one i think there is a lot of love to be had there so from the nemesis format I think Kagra's Ravagers loves this deck. Oh, that is a good choice. Um, they want to be on feature tokens anyway. Um, and with the way that a lot of these, now that objectives are actually face up this season, they can desecrate, flip it over, and still count it. I yeah. mean, it, do- it doesn't say anything about them having to hold an objective. It just says be on a feature token. So I think there's just a lot that they can gain from this um, because some of their cards are not the easiest to score just out of the box. Um, So supplementing some of those harder to score cards in their actual rivals deck with some of these, in addition to having um, some range options in there for them. And then also, you know, just some very easy 
very easy, a very easy things that synergize with what they want to do any, anyway, like stealthy advance is super good. Super, yeah. super good. Um, so I think that wraps up this particular uh, Rivals deck. Um, and now we're going to get into the next one, which is Tooth and Claw. And I'm just going to keep going because I'm having fun. So to the Tooth and Claw deck also has a plot card. The plot card for this one reads, if you include one or more cards from this blah, 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 with Tooth and Claw symbol, just like the previous one, it's just got the blurb at the top. Um, reveal this warband. Reveal this in your warband step. Use these rules in your game. At the start of the friendly fighter's activation, you can stagger that fighter. A fighter in any warband is savage, while any of the following rules are true. That fighter has one or more charge tokens. That fighter is staggered. That fighter has two or more wound counters. So just from this alone, I think you're getting the picture that you want to be in there and mixing it up with this warband or with this particular rivals deck. So with that being said, let's get into some of the, you know, the, the savage objectives that they have. Um, Jason, what is your first pick? If you're sitting here in round one, what, what first pick do you want for your objectives? I'm just going to embrace it. I'm going to, I'm going to have embraced savagery. I'm going to score this as a surge score immediately after an activation of each surviving friendly fighter is savage. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to charge all day long. Just keep charging, charge, 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 charge. Yep. 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 Well, and then also you, you have the option at the start of a friendly fighters activation, you can just stagger your fighter too. So like if you have somebody that, has something that they can trigger when they're in sta- staggered for whatever reason. They can just stagger themselves. It's cool. yeah. um, not sure why you would do that, but you have the option to do so. Um, Jared, what what is your pick from the objectives for the first time? Yeah, so uh, Jason is going to embrace his savagery. I really aspire to be a paragon of ferocity. So this is a surge hybrid. Score this immediately after a savage friendly fighter's attack action takes the target out of action if that friendly fighter is in enemy territory or that the target was an enemy leader. So this is uh, advancing strike for anyone that has been playing for a long time. Um, or assassination? Wasn't that a card? You can get a glory for yes. a take? Yeah. It was two. Two. That oh, that was a uh, savage something duel, right? Victorious duel is what I'm Victorious thinking. duel, yeah. Two glory for a leader taking out a leader. But anyway, we digress. No, it's good. It's great. Um, you know, I think everything else in the deck lends you to being in enemy territory anyway. So, and you want to be fighting and attacking and taking enemies out of action. So, yep. I, yep just I, to clarify too, because we didn't talk about it, the fighter has one or more charge tokens. You still get the charge token at the end of the move action, right? So if you're charging, yes, yep, so you, you are a savage fighter savage before I attack. Before the attack actions, that is correct. Yep. 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 So in, in theme with what we've talked about so far, uh, I'm picking an end phase, uh, which is titled move or die score. This in an end phase. If each surviving friendly fighter has one or more move and or charge tokens, 
We've already established when we charging all day with this warband. True. And if somebody dies, you don't care. Nope. Because it's just as long as you've charged with everybody or you've moved with everybody, you're going to score this card at the end of the round. Yep. So super duper good, super duper easy. And it, I like that it does not hem you into just charge actions if you don't want to. Right. Um, it's got a lot of it's it's really it's versatile, which I like. Um, let's move on to gambits. Um, Jared, what is your first pick for our gambit pool here? All right. So you know, I got to call uh, call out a push card. And so this is call to heal. Choose one or beast, or choose one beast or savage or one savage fighter. Note that it doesn't say friendly. Push the chosen fighter one hex or up to four hexes if it is a friendly fighter, so it is adjacent to a friendly fighter. Um, so you're you're pulling an an opponent beast or savage fighter in, or you're pushing a friendly uh, savage or fighter or beast up. Um, so. It's good. Yep. It's, it's Changing the board state and the power step. It's a big deal. Yeah. Distraction yeah. is back. I know. We got to stop saying distraction, though, because we could have <laughs> so new listeners. They're going to be like, distraction? What is Hold distraction? On. Call the heel. Yeah. Pushing uh, pushing an enemy fighter. It's a big deal. So I, I'll go next, um, and I will call out Dark Command because this is just <laughs> – this is this card is ridiculous. Choose one beast or one savage fighter. Deal one damage to one enemy fighter adjacent to the chosen fighter. Note that it does not say friendly savage. Nope. Or friendly beast. Nope. So you can just plink somebody that's, I mean, it's it's so good. I love it. Um, it, it can be any fighter on the board and that's really versatile. Um, you know, you've, you've done just enough damage to make one of those silly Stormcast Eternals from Zandire's True Seekers vulnerable for them to score one of their stupid vulnerable cards. And then you're just like, nope, you can't do that. Boom. Done. Like, uh, just lots of lots of fun versatility with that, Jason. What is your pick from the gambit pool in this card? In this card, I'm, I'm going to take a domain. I'll take predatory fog. Uh, after each fighter's activation, stagger that fighter unless that fighter made one or more range one and range one or two attack actions during that activation. This effect persists until the end of the round or until another domain gambit is played. I really like it because I, I I always want to be charging. So if you just want to sit back and play your game, you're going to get staggered, and then I'm going to come in and charge. Yep. And now yep. you're now you're savage. Yep. Yep. Because you're staggered. Yep. Good stuff. I like it. It's pretty gnarly. All right. So upgrades. Um, Jason, why don't you kick us off with? The first upgrade of this pack. The first and the only. <laughs> I'm gonna go with um I'm gonna go with brutal transformation. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with. So this cannot be you cannot give this to a leader or a large fighter. This fighter is a beast. 
plus two damage to this fighter's range one attack action. This fighter cannot make super actions. So there's a lot to unpack in this card, but really you just can no longer make charges or scything attacks, but plus two damage. Uh, we haven't seen that in a very long time. I like it. I love it. I want more of it. Yeah. Let me just get some call to heal and uh, plus two damage and go to work. Yep. That's good. Yeah. Two, two damage. Yeah. Even if you can't make super actions, as long as you've got a way to push yourself around the board. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I love the, the card art is uh as wallop to skull who is clearly hulking out. Oh yeah. He's, <laughs> That's Definitely looks like the Hulk. Yeah. Um, so, Jared, what is your first pick from yeah, these? So, um, you know, Jason took the plus two damage upgrade, so I'm just going to take the measly plus one damage upgrade. So this is Feral Instincts. The spider is a beast. Plus one damage to the spider's range one attack actions. However, there's a caveat here. When activated, this spider must make an attack action if it can. Otherwise, it must make a charge action if it can. Otherwise... It must make a move action that ends closer to the nearest enemy fighter. If it cannot make any of these actions, it cannot be activated. So this is like the forced aggro card, but it's plus one damage. So hard to That's go wrong. That's what you want to be doing anyway. Right? You want to be charging or moving or doing some other stuff. Or attacking. Like yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seemed, I don't see any downside with this card. No, not with this deck. <laughs> um so the card that i will go first with is gifted ferocity this is a mutation there's been a lot of those in the past two decks we've talked about um and they all seem to be pretty good so far um plus one dice to this fighter's range one attack actions straight up plus one dice card yep reaction after the after a fighter's attack action that takes an enemy fighter out of action, if this card is in your hand, give this upgrade to that fighter. It does not cost any glory points. Leaning into what you want to do anyway. And since you can attack after a charge in this edition, there's still benefit to you having a plus one dice after you kill a fool. I like it. Um, so I did want to touch on one additional card. And this goes in theme with the card that Jason also mentioned, which is um, uh, he talked about Brutal Transformation. But this one is called Feral Alteration. You cannot give this to a large fighter. This fighter is a beast. Plus one move, plus one wounds. This fighter's range one and range two attack actions have knockback one. There's a key point in this card that can really jack you up if you're not careful because of one of the new core rules that's in, in this edition. Jason, why don't you refresh us on what that core rule is as far as uh, I can I can do it. It's fine. So <laughs> well, large I wanted, fighters. I wanted to read it, right? So I Okay, you can read it. Right out of the uh, the straight up rule. Somewhere, somewhere in this wonderful world here. Um, yeah, it's lost. Here it is. Uh, while large is not a trait, it works similar in, in this way. While a fighter has a wound characteristic of five or more, including all modifiers, are referred to as a, a large fighter. If a fighter becomes large during a battle, break each of their upgrades that cannot be given to a large fighter. 
So that being said, you have to be really careful with this because if you stick this on a four wound fighter, you're just going to kill it. Yeah. So this this card is only really good on a fighter that has three wounds or less. Yes. Um, and it leans into a lot of the what three wound fighters usually are, which is faster and you know whatever. Like I just think this is a really great card, but we you have to be aware that if you put this on somebody with four wounds or more, they don't start like as if they, even if they don't start large, you will make them large, and then this this upgrade will be broken. Yep. And if you further put brutal transformation on this fighter, thinking you're going to get some sneakiness with it on a four wound fighter to start, and then you put this this upgrade on no. it after you've now broken both of them yeah just things to be aware of when you're when you're playing this deck yeah um it's a good shout yeah so <clears throat> boards Never we want around. three hexes across the board all day like as yeah like three hexes in the front as yeah. close as you can get as aggro as you can get yes full stop yep play style aggro Yes. We covered this. You want to be in people's faces all day, every day, smashing stuff, moving, charging. This deck wants to. Yep. New player rating. It is gold. It is the goldest of golds. <laughs> yeah. It's it it's is... so straightforward for new players. Like, it's not funny. The only thing that can catch people out is what we just talked about, which yeah. is the large fighter shenanigans. So right. as long as you have that in the back of your mind and say, oh, I can't give this to a four-wound fighter because it'll make it a large fighter and I'll break something else on it potentially. Yeah. As long as you can keep that straight, this deck is solid. Like yes. I would I would put this deck pretty much on any warband for the most part Yeah. and be like, this is going to be a fun new way for me to play this warband. Yes. And I would have fun, or I would be really good with it. Like, just think about Molog with this deck. Yeah. You've you've now transformed some of these little griblies into freaking damage machines. And now yeah. Molog is not the only threat on the board. Yeah, brutal brutal transformation onto it's, the stalag squid. It's, cr- yeah, it's crazy bite, good. Just bite someone next to you. For yeah. four damage. <laughs> For four damage. <laughs> Ow. Like... It's just, it's hilarious. Like, that's just, yeah. it opens up a lot of new opportunities for decks that weren't traditionally um, full full stop aggro to play yeah. more full stop aggro. Um, even skeletons, like skeletons being able to push around the board. Yeah. Or, or uh, the chain rasps. Chain rasps, uh, yeah. Chain rasps being able to push around the board. Like, it just gives you a lots, lots of opportunities to play this deck. Yeah. Um, are there any other warbands that we think of that uh, that could that could benefit from this? What about Nemesis from a Nemesis standpoint? What do you think would be fun from a Nemesis point of view? So I think the most obvious is Gnarl Spirit, right? You like you want to be beasts anyway. Yeah. Like if, I mean, the Gnarl Spirit deck is really good, and I, I yep. think it has a strong play. But I think that there's probably some subtleties, but in and synergies between the these two decks. Mm-hmm. That are like only going to come to fruition the more people play Nemesis. So that I'm going to call that one out first. But the other one that I want to call out is a warband that already has a ton of beasts, and that's the Exiled Dead, because yep. like, they have good ways to to move fighters around 
to get fighters in position. So like you could put a brutal transformation onto one of your uh, conductive minions, and now suddenly they're uh, you know doing a lot of damage. Well, coil becomes a little bit more scary. Yeah, right. Coil for four damage, or any of the other ones hitting for three is is not nothing. Or four if they're inspired and the target is staggered. Yep. Which predatory fog could help with that. Yep. Jason, yeah. what do you think? I I didn't really process this when we were going through the pre-show, or really the other day when I was building decks. <laughs> but I, I also really like this deck for Val, the Valmorn too, right? Yes. Like yeah. There's a way to get support in here. There's a um, a weapon upgrade. There's move upgrades. There's wound upgrades. Like I, I think this complements their playstyle uh, um, pretty well. Yeah, I like it. That one. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that too. I also um, would go all the way back to Reavers. Right oh, now. yeah, that's a good shout. <laughs> yeah, Reavers is big. <laughs> I don't. They don't have quite the movement shenanigans to really take care, take advantage of brutal transformation. But you just don't put that one in there, right? You just take the other good stuff: feral alteration, yeah. gifted vitality, gifted ferocity. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, I actually chose Megors for this. Oh, that's a good shout. Mm, that was one of the ones that I that I used uh, when we were kind of going through some of these the ideas of these decks. Um, it makes Riptooth freaking scary. Oh, that's true. Um, really scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it makes some of the other fighters that don't have a lot of damage in there also pretty scary too so it makes an already like fighty warband who already wants to hit you to inspire themselves just hit harder um, yeah. so that was kind of my pick for them uh for this particular deck um but i think that kind of sums it up for as far as the all the decks that are in the gnarl wood box yep um do you guys have any further thoughts? I think that we did have one other card that we wanted to talk about just from a cool factor standpoint in this deck, which was the uh, the card that set the move characteristic of folks. Oh, no, that's back up. We, we missed it. Oh, that is in the previous deck, isn't it? Yeah, so in the um, Daring Delvers deck, there's the Conqueror's Circlet. It's an upgrade, limited to a leader, restricted to a leader. It's plus one move. Each other friendly fighter's move characteristic is equal to this fighter's move characteristic. So it's essentially a plus one move across the board for your fighter if all of your fighters have the same move characteristic. But if your leader is faster, so I'm thinking like Farst Riders, right? He inspires to move four. Uh, Iron Soul's Condemners, Iron Soul inspires to move four, right? So there's two fighters there. Um, so now all of your fighters are move five. Skates Wild Hunt, all of your fighters are now move six. It's pretty big. It's good. It's really good. It was it was that one, and then we had one for this deck too. And it was the one that I picked out before we were starting yeah, to record it, the- and that was Gore Swamp. So Gore Swamp is a domain, a domain card. It is a uh, gambit. Plus one move to corn fighters. There are now three corn warbands in this game. Yep. Each other fighter has a move characteristic of two while that fighter is making a move action if it is not part of a super action. 
plus one move to corn fighters. Yeah. And everybody else is move two. Unless they're charging. Unless they're charging. Yeah, that's like forcing people to charge or really hindering their movement. Correct. Which makes them savage. Yep. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I like it. And as somebody who likes to play corn war bands, it's really like might as well, right? It it went into the aforementioned Megor's deck because they're not the fastest. No. But they're faster now. That's right. Um, so just lots of <clears throat> cool little nuggets like that hidden in these cards. Um, cause that was a surprise to me when I was reading through it. I like, I was like, wait, they're calling out the corn keyword. Hold on a second. Yeah, that's cool. So it's really, really neat. Um, solid, solid decks. They should be fun in both rivals and nemesis format. Um, but I think, yeah, I think, I think these two decks for me, kind of like really hit the note that you could play them with any war band. Yes. Um in in last season, like we didn't really see that. Like the decks were cool. Like they did function a little bit by themselves, but you really had to think about what war band you were going to use um for these standalone rivals decks. These two um are obviously going to have their better war bands, but I do right. think that that they fully function by themselves. And um, again, in the Nemesis thing, they just really complement, like just complement well. And then when you're talking specifically about the warbands that are in the box, like you really have two, like three different ways to play the warband. Mm-hmm. And then if you bring in Nemesis, it's five different ways to try. Like it's it's just really really cool. Yeah. Um, how this box builds on itself. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, there are a lot of iterations. And like two people playing out of one box where you, they're not going to have the exact same experience Yeah. every time they play, which is really yep. cool. It's very cool. So with that being said, I think we'll take a break for a second and then we'll come back and finish out the show. And we're back, and that wraps us up for this, the 45th episode of the Battle Mallet Podcast. Uh, so for the needful, uh, if you haven't already, please find us on the socials. Give us a follow, give us a like, uh, give us a shout, leave a comment. We are Battle Mallet 1 on Twitter, Battle Mallet Podcast on Facebook, Battle Mallet PCast uh, on Instagram. And uh, we have a website now, so not just limited to the blog and the um and the podcast uh, subdomain, so battle-mallet.com will be your one-stop shop for everything Battle Mallet related. Um, we have a Discord, so join that. Um, and then, just to shout it out again, we do have that Nemesis deck library um, on our website um, that you can check out. It is a starting point for every warband in the game uh, with the Nemesis deck. So, And as Jason mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, uh, we are going. we're focusing on uh, ease of entry for every player. Uh, so we only used those Nemesis decks that you can purchase separately. So you don't have to do the rat race of the old championship format where you have to buy multiple boxes to build your deck. Um, so uh, I think that's it. Um, all of the links for the decks will be to underworldsdb.com, which is our deck builder of choice. Um, so thanks um, for uh, to Imkrat on, on Discord, as he has known. Uh, for for building and maintaining that site and uh, allowing everyone to use it uh, for free, which is awesome. Um, it's a lot of work that goes into that. Um, so it's just an excellent service. If it's not your favorite, 
there are options to export it to your favorite deck builder. So, um, you know, use it as needed. Um, I think that's it. So, for the Battle Mala podcast, uh, we are three dads who are uh, pumpkins slowly turning into jack-o'-lanterns as we approach Halloween. <laughs> this is Jared signing out. This is Trey signing out. I'm Jason Table New Murray. Get the hell out of here. Peace. Call bells. The Battle Mallet Podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats. Jenny doesn't like my quick roots.